seeing a lot of familiar faces here in the chat room. Uh, for those of you who who don't recognize our faces or don't know anything about Golden Spiral Media, uh, oh, Mike's trying to get back in here. Sorry about that, Mike. Why don't we uh, just kind of go around the horn real quick and and introduce ourselves? I'll start and I'll, I'll talk about Golden Spiral Media. So uh, I'm Daryl Darnell and I'm the, the owner of Golden Spiral Media. We started out in 2008 as the Fringe podcast, podcasting about the TV show Fringe. And that has kind of blossomed into what is now the Golden Spiral Media uh, podcast network. The Golden Spiral points back to Fringe. That was something that was referenced from the very, very beginning of Fringe and made a very prominent um, appearance, I guess, in season five of Fringe. So we we call our network that as kind of to pay homage to how we got our start. But now we have, I don't know, uh, I haven't done the count lately to see how many hosts and shows we have on the network. I think maybe 20, 25 hosts and uh, a dozen or so, 10 or, 10 or 12 podcasts. And so uh, these guys that are joining me here tonight uh, represent a portion of that, obviously, and I, I'm so glad to have you guys join us. So uh, why don't we kick it up? I don't know what order you guys see it in, so I'll just point over here, which is <laughs> Troy for me. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Troy Heinrich from the Blacklist Exposed podcast on Golden Spiral Media. Uh, just great to be here. It's been a fun time. Um, I'm a little tired, so hopefully I can stay up. And I've been watching most of this today while we've been kind of listening because I was driving back from the Green Bay Packers uh, Monday night game last night. So I'll be I'll be sitting here quietly listening. Oh, I know better than that. You'll be you'll be chow, uh, chatting away. Yeah, he doesn't Never. stop talking normally. Like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, let's continue uh, counterclockwise, which is Mike R. from my point of view. Oh, hi. Well, I'm Mike, and let's see. I do a bunch of podcasts for Golden Spiral Media, 12 Monkeys Uncaged. And the Extant podcast, and currently just starting this week, the Sandbox Marvel's Agents of Shield podcast. Having lots of fun doing it. You do, and you have one uh, that is not on the Golden Spiral Media Network that is also TV related. Go ahead, oh, and yeah. that one too. <laughs> My Twitter handle, as you can see, is Liberate <laughs> underscore Mike Dave. That's the Liberate Continuum podcast with Mike and Dave. Uh, but we share the account, so that's why it's got both of our names on it. But that's not going to be a podcast. Very, very <laughs> Thank good you. podcast. All right. It's coming and, to an end. Uh, it's last so but certainly not least, Mr. Aaron Peterson. I'm Aaron Peterson. I do the Blacklist Exposed for Golden Spiral Media with Troy. I don't stop talking Heinrichs. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Can, <laughs> that way, that way, where is he? his finger in front of the camera <laughs> either. Crazy. He doesn't do that either. <laughs> uh, I also do a movie podcast, uh, Hollywood Outsider, as you can see. All right. Well, thank you, and guys. the remix. And the remake podcast, too. Don't forget that one. Oh, That's remake right. is going to be right. Yes, yes. Yeah. Troy's been on that as well. So if there are other uh, members of the Golden Spiral Media team that are joining us in the chat room, um, let me know. Uh, my phone is just going crazy right now. I'm not going to pay attention to my phone, though. So <laughs> let me know in the chat room if, if you're here, and we'll try to rotate you guys in and, and get some exposure to the Golden Spiral Media family. But uh, before we get too much further, I need to... Um, oh, somebody already changed that to TV and film. I don't know, one of the international podcasts. Yeah, they changed it right so. before we started. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Um, and uh, so I also wanted to take just a moment and thank all of the sponsors uh, of International Podcast Day. Uh, we have the Platinum Sponsors, which is Podcasters Paradise. The gold Sponsors are Appendipity and Spreaker. And our silver sponsors are Simple Podcast Press, Ringer, 
and Scatter Radio. And without their support, International Podcast Day would not be possible. So uh, you can find out all the information about those sponsors. Some of them have discount codes. And so you can go over to internationalpodcastday.com slash supporters. And you can learn more about those. I'll also point out my my day job is I'm a podcast consultant and producer, and that is Pro Podcast Solutions. We are a bronze sponsor for International Podcast Day. Ooh. I eat, sleep, breathe podcasting. So it seemed <laughs> only right that I'd be a sponsor of this great <laughs> event as well. So anyway, all right, well, let's get started with our conversation, guys. Uh, up for discussion tonight is um, we've got the TV season that just started last week. Uh, so I want to I want to just find out what you guys are watching, what your thoughts are on both the shows that have returned for whatever season they're in. Although Mike, you mentioned shield and some of others, some of the others aren't quite back yet. Um, if you're watching anything new, I would love to, uh, to see what your thoughts are on those. And we can even look at the, the movie landscape at, at some point too. And then before we get out of here for our hour long discussion, we're going to talk about the impact that podcasting has had on us as individuals and the impact that we think that podcasting has had on the TV and film industry to kind of kind of pull it back a little bit outside of just Golden Spiral Media and kind of take a broader uh, approach to, to uh, things. So let me just throw it out there first and just kind of ask you guys, uh, what's on your TV right now and uh, what are your thoughts of the new TV season? Well, I'll tell you, I've been doing uh, just as a result of podcasting, doing a little bit of television reviewing for Den of Geek. Uh, and that's been an eye-opening experience to, <laughs> I hate to say it, but most of the shows that I've drawn as the ones I have to review have not been that great. And the most recent example was Minority Report. And I know Aaron's a fan of that a little like bit, <laughs> but I don't know about that one, I'm afraid. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful for the new season. I, I, I enjoyed uh, the bl- blind spot more than I expected I would. And that's not, um, that's more a, kind of a blacklisty kind of show. Would you guys agree? Blacklist people? I, I would actually go more. It's like blacklist mixed with prison break. Uh, Cause it has a, <laughs> it has a storyline. Put it that way. Yeah. It's like a storyline that feels like it's, it's limited, like it's limited in scope, but it, it has that, the action, the high, the the amped up, um, visceral thrills that you would expect from from a, a blacklist type show. So I think it's a it's a nice mesh of dramatic, serialized storytelling and action. Sid, I'm a little offended that you compare it to Blacklist because for me, <laughs> I didn't say it was as good uh, as Blacklist. I said well, it has the FBI even, element. So it's not even in the same league as the Blacklist because at least in the Blacklist, a lot of the characters that you're interested in the Blacklist, even the side characters are way better actors than what is in the blacklist, right? The blacklist has better actors. The blind spot, Jamie Alexander is the only bright spot of that entire show right now. Everybody else is like watching paint dry. (laughs) (laughs) I've been through two episodes and even Kurt Weller, the FBI agent you're supposed to be connected with. He is just like like solid like this. The whole show (laughs) with me. So uh, a blind spot's kind of been a downer for me right now because that was my big one for the year. But surprisingly, I actually enjoyed the player the most, which is right after the blacklist. And that's been a really big surprise. The first episode was a ton of fun. And that was much more like the blacklist premiere in season one because it had that that hook that wants you to keep coming back for the next week. And it was a pretty big hook. Those two shows complement each other well, I think. They do. Wesley Snipes is so Wesley Snipes. He's like 
120% Wesley Snipes in that show. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Scream Queens. I've been watching, like yeah, Mike, I review really? for my podcast. So I got, I've seen many of these. Uh, a lot of them I would prefer not to have to discuss. But the <laughs> Scream Queens, everybody, <laughs> some people are trashing it. And I should hate it because I know it's probably not great television, but I love every second of it. Every it's second. your guilty so, pleasure oh, then. Oh, man, it's it's so far over the top. It's like if Mount Everest, it it just dives over it. It's so <laughs> over it. Easily clears it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. There's everything. Not, what is it? Uh, Tan, Tangier 14, you're right. Scream Queens is just wrong, and I love it. I don't know <laughs> how this happened, but I've actually – Tunes, cause I, I, it's so weird. I, you guys know this. For for being the guy that that owns and runs this TV podcasting network, I don't watch a lot of TV. I have I have two shows that I watch. That's it, and maybe three at any given time. But person of interest is off right now, and uh, so I, I don't I don't have the TV on a whole lot. And so for somehow I have seen a little bit of Scream Queens last week, and I think this week, and. When I say a little bit, I mean like five minutes of of each episode, and it was exactly what I expected. And which is, I mean, I was like, okay, this is this is exactly what I thought. It's not my thing, but I can totally see how people would dig this because it seems like it. I like said, I only watched like five minutes last week and five this week. So, Aaron, since you're the fanboy of the show, let me know. Uh, I it looked like campy uh, uh, horror. made for TV, like totally, like you said, over the top, but that's what you expect, right? Is, is, is that what it is? Yeah, it's like Mean Girls meets 80s yeah. co-ed serial killers meets yeah, yeah. comedies and all wrapped up into one, and Emma Roberts is just chewing scenery and spitting it out every now, here's a Here's a question for you, though, because podcasting for me, at least in my experience so far, has been most relevant to shows that have deep mythology. So like if you had a Scream yes. Queens show, for example, a podcast, would you spend the whole time going, hey, remember that one part? <laughs> when yeah, they said yeah. such and such? Oh, gosh. I, I don't and know. And you'd have nothing else. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Scream Queens is the kind of show that, it's kind of like Hawaii Five-0. I don't think it, it lends itself to a real deeply mm-hmm. uh, involved podcast. It's more, it would have to be more of a fun thing. Like let's reflect on on the events that happen because where it's going it's it's leading to a killer. There you go. There's your big twist. Yeah. But there's also a, you know a little storyline about who's the baby, and everybody thinks they know who the baby is, which means I think it's absolutely not going to be that person, at least if they're, in, if they're smart and they seem like they are so far. Well, it's pulling from horror elements too, right? So you could always mm-hmm. try to do a podcast where you're trying to like, hey, remember when this was in this horror film or horror show yeah, or yeah. horror movie. And how well, it tied into that to, yeah. to just branch that podcast bigger if you were to do one. I think if, you know, as us as, as podcasters, we're trying to cover TV shows, which, you know, is kind of exploded over the last few years. I think we can all agree. It's yeah. trying to find that niche that's not just a, a recap or recreation of what you just watched. It's trying to find something that's going to be really interesting about whatever it is that you watched. And, and it's going to spin off what what intrigued you about it. Now, the who is the killer in that show would probably be the biggest spin you could have and the rest of it would be what crazy things happened this week but it doesn't really lend itself i think to a podcast that particular. yeah because those writers and reviewers will do the recaps for us no offense michael <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right well i did not expect to spend this much time on scream queens <laughs> yeah. what else is who knew <laughs> well i i have to say i got up early this morning and i really wanted to watch quantico um okay. i 
I've been a Grey's Anatomy fan forever. I know people are saying it's the Grey's Anatomy of the FBI. Yeah. But I have to say, there were a lot of more twists okay. in the first hour that I saw coming or didn't see coming that really has me intrigued as to where the heck this thing is going. Now, it's on Sunday nights at 9. I wish it would have been in, in the, uh, the hour earlier, so it was right after Once Upon a Time, because Blood and Oil, again, was just like, thanks, I've seen Dallas twice now. Uh, yeah. back in the yeah. 80s and recently. I don't need to see Dallas again in a different state. So I wish that, I know why they do it that way because when you talk about TV networks and how they program, in this case for Blood and Oil, it's it's called a hammock where you put in the, the good show here and the good show here and then you put in your crappy show in here and you hope people just stay with the network the whole right. night. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, right. And that's exactly what it is. It's it's not that great. It'll probably get pulled eventually. Uh, but uh, Quantico was uh, definitely worth a watch in my opinion. Yeah. I like it's, not, it's, it's a little gray, but not as much gray's soapiness it's more serialized with a little bit of you know flirtatious stuff going on there's a little shonda rhymes in there i mean a little shonda yeah there's a little shonda in there which i'm okay with murder <laughs> how to get away with murder was awesome for its premiere i i haven't uh i still haven't finished that that season what about limitless does anybody watch limitless i actually thought it was an i've not caught that one yet i heard it was good but i haven't seen it sorry i said i heard it was good but no i haven't seen it I was waiting until I saw the movie because I wanted to watch the movie first again to see mm. if there was any tie-ins. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper came in the first episode, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. So there's your tie-in. Okay, we got a couple people in the uh, chat here saying it was okay. So, there you go. What's well, okay? Is that a 9 out of 10 or is that a 2 out of 1? Interesting plot potential. <laughs> Similar to the movie. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I did like Minority Report, which is on Fox. It'll, um, it's probably. Did you canceled. really? Yeah, it's canceled by now. I'm with Mike. I yeah. couldn't even finish it. I, like, uh, I, started, it. I thought the first two segments were great, and then it just went downhill fast for me after that. I actually did watch that and was looking forward to it because it's great sci-fi. Well, I mean, the characters say, based on a Philip K. Dick work, and it just didn't do it for the me. The characters are just completely. There's no one that's likable in that show. Right. But, I would agree to disagree. I liked it. I had fun with it. It was uh, it wasn't great, but it's it's like a six out of ten for me. I mean, something along those lines. And I I like Megan Good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I do That's like Megan Good. Kind of <laughs> yeah. I I was well, talking with Emily, who's one of our co-hosts. I was talking with her after it, and what I told her is, as I'm shocked to say this, but it 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 had too much female. Um, and I'm going to get hate mail for this. I just I don't know how to word it right. It it needed more balance. You know, I I'm look. Fringe had a lot of strong female characters. I'm so that's not at all what I'm saying. But I'm just saying it was. It just seemed like it, they were trying too hard, and it didn't. I didn't like the balance. I didn't like. I didn't like the chemistry. Well, it was. It was lacking in that. That the second episode. male was the seer, and he was spazzing out half the episode, and I just I couldn't deal with that. That's that second episode when she was uh, counting her casualties. In Spanish, mm-hmm. I was like, I was just rolling my eyes. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even yeah. make it to the second episode. Yeah. So. I scanned the pilot because I learned from Almost Human, unfortunately, that you don't watch anything on Fox until the first season's complete <laughs> oh. because they'll air it out of order and then it'll get canceled. Yeah. And everybody's so just, still on the Firefly, wait. man. Let the Firefly go. That happened. <laughs> See, I used to say that, and then they did that to me on Almost human. human, and I was yeah. like, well, you know, Fox, you, you've made your bed again. You're going to have to lie in this insult for a couple more years. <laughs> well, they did it on Fringe too. What? No, yeah. no, 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 no. 
there was like one episode that was out of order somewhere in there because they yes, never they, they, they moved episode what ended up being episode four was going to be like episode nine they moved it up to episode four which was a brilliant move no daniel's right did a lot of things to save that show and, and give it a great ending so they actually did right by fringe but um, I can't put Fringe in the Firefly and and almost human categories. But Fox still messes with the shows. Is the point? Yeah, they messed with Dollhouse. Every, every, every network messed. Oh, Dollhouse was a, a crime. Yeah. That was such a yeah. great show. But you know what? Nobody ever gives them credit. They take more chances, I think, than any other network does. True. So, I agree true. with that. But nobody I ever wants to give them the credit for that. But then they don't always stand by those chances. Like Almost Human was a perfect example. And and honestly, what happened on Almost Human was the president uh, O'Reilly or Kevin Riley, excuse me, O'Reilly, uh, Kevin Riley liked the show, and he was told this show is we're, we're not the numbers don't make sense. We can't we can't renew the show. He mm-hmm. liked the show. He had a great relationship with Joel Wyman, who came over from Fringe to do Almost Human, and he was going to renew the show anyway. He was going to. Kind of just say, hey, I'm the president. I'll, I'm, this is my one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is, you know, my baby. And he got overwritten by the guys in charge and the guys who who write the checks. And so that's how close it was to getting renewed. But of course, he's not at Fox anymore. He resigned shortly after that. Well, um, if you look at the rating, that Almost Human was, I mean, anemic. It, yeah, people it was. Just weren't, they just weren't watching it. I mean, at yeah. some point, it has to be a business decision. And it does, and it was not a cheap show. They, they, with the effects and with the actors they had, it just was not a cheap show to make. It was a great show. It just, unfortunately, we were the only ones watching it. Everybody in this room. John Buchanan's <laughs> in the chat room. Hey, John. Long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. I almost assume it was the five of us. Yeah, that's about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that's about it. And it was before its time, you know, I mean, you give it another year and that thing goes like straight to Netflix or straight to Hulu or Amazon or something. I think they just didn't have a plan for it to get out so that they could do it as a serialized drama in the proper place. Much like uh, 112263 straight to Hulu. Yeah. You know, that's that's a great place for it. You know, what's so frustrating about shows like that when you podcast about them is that you've invested a lot of time as a podcaster creating the creating the music, the the art. You're like, okay, this is going to be the one. And Daryl, you've had that happen a couple of times now. It it is. You know, it was about season three of Fringe that when the cancellation stuff started, you know, fortunately we got five seasons, but it was season three where we were like, oh, I don't know if this thing's going to get renewed. And then it was like, that was the first time it occurred to me. You know what? When they cancel this show, they cancel my podcast along (laughs) with it. And it's a hard thing. Like with Almost Human, we put a lot of of time and, and love into that podcast and then it got canceled. And with friends, we built up this massive community and we tried to kind of move everybody through the next steps of what we were doing, like revolution, but then people who didn't like revolution and I can't blame them for that. It wasn't a show for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's hard. It's, it's not like another podcast where you, you've got this podcast that you're building this brand behind and da, 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 da. So it, it's, it's, it's hard from, from multiple angles to, to be a TV podcaster. It's just, it's the life we live. <laughs> I got a question for you, long-term podcasters, and it'll kind of apply, apply to Troy because he got lucky. If if you're doing a show that flips on a dime and becomes, you know, <laughs> if you we're doing podcasts every week for for shows, and we like the shows, we wouldn't do them. But there does come a time where you wish your show would die. It does. Yeah. Happen. <laughs> Troy just. Happened. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> under the dome, and my question you're a liar. is. <laughs> My question is, when it happened, is there, is there a point as a podcaster where you think it's okay to walk away from the community, from 
your show. That's a good question. And and say, you know what? The show is just not good. I can't justify doing a show respectfully and responsibly for the fans because I don't like the show anymore. Is there a point? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I can tell you exactly how I felt at the start of season three. <laughs> uh, season three, episode one and two, they booked it as a two hour, which was a lot of dome to watch in two hours. That was probably the most exciting and then the most depressing two hours of my life. Cause the first episode was like, we're in good shape. And then yeah, second episode was just like the second episode of season two. And then we were like, Oh, okay, what are we going to do? But then what happened was the iTunes reviews started coming in and said, man, you know what? The podcast is better than the TV show. <laughs> and it's like, well, shoot, what do we do now? You know, do we, do we keep going because it, we're doing it for the audience? So it, it's kind of a good balance. So what we had to do is look at it from, okay, we're going to suffer through the show and do what we can to make sure we bring at least some quality content. And then what, what, what was really surprising is, is it twisted on a dime. So it aired on Thursday nights, which was horrible for podcasting because you want to get weekend. a show out quickly, but it's the weekend. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you get it out on Friday or do you wait till Monday and you lose some listeners that way? So you have to make that decision. So we decided to record Friday night, put it out Saturday morning. And uh, Daniel, who ran our network over at Noodle Mix, Daniel J. Lewis, he's like, no one's ever going to get you feedback within 24 hours. I kid you not, we had like seven <laughs> voicemails called in, not just re- read off an of email or Facebook, seven called in voicemails by Friday at, at noon. And we were like, this is great because then we got to the show and we were like, yeah, here's the ratings. Here's a little bit of what happened. Quick two minute synopsis. And we had 45 minutes of listener feedback. <laughs> that, that, that cemented it for That's us. We're, like, we're doing the show just because the listeners wanted the show. Yeah. I mean, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if that's the case, if the listening community is there, I think you got to keep finding a way to do the show. And if you truly, truly, truly do not like it and it comes through in the presentation style of the show, then you have to give it up. But as long as you're still happy and excited and willing to do it for the people, then that's what you do. You keep doing it for the people because that's what they're for in the first place. That happened yeah. to a lesser extent on Extant, where a lot of our season one reviews in iTunes for Extant said, your podcast is better than the show, just like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder where those two were bundled in a streaming deal then with Amazon. Did that guy at Amazon get fired? That's what I want to know. Yeah. 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 But we got lucky because season two of Extant was actually good. It was so. <laughs> much better. Much better. Yeah. I listened to the end of the Dome podcast. I haven't watched that show since the like the first three episodes of season two. And I still listen to their podcast because the listener feedback was, it just made the show sound so much better and crazier than it ever was. Crazier. 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 Well, Aaron, you are a movie podcaster when you're not podcasting for Golden Spiral Media. So mm-hmm. why don't you lead us out in the discussion talking about, you know, and we can go we can go two directions from here. We can kind of look back across the summer and, and what you liked this summer, or we could kind of look forward to what's coming up this fall and, and winter, obviously with some big things coming out this winter, as they always do. So you choose. Where do you want to go with this? Uh, well, I think we're kind of past summer. I mean, everybody's talked Mad Max and, and Avengers, I think, to death. I, I say we talk what's coming up. Cause that's what okay. everybody gets excited about. And everybody already owns everything else. So, you know, there's a big movie coming out in December. I think uh, everybody seems ecstatic about it. Yeah, that Star Wars? Is that what it's yeah. called? <laughs> yeah. Something like Force, that. Force is up. Yeah, that, that uh, comes out. I haven't... <laughs> It's funny because my most anticipated movie is, is The Hateful Eight, which is a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm-hmm. And I actually, even though Star Wars is on my gotta see it list, I've gotten so much vitriol about the fact that it's not number one. 
I, I've never, I mean, the internet is just fantastic. Why are you, why are you hating on Star Wars? I'm not hating on it. It's just not my most in. I still want to see it, but I don't want to see it enough. That's how Star. Yeah. That's how you you nutty Star Wars fans are. Yeah, you didn't like it enough. You don't want to see Listen, it. Listen, I'm not nutty enough to understand why why a Tarantino fan wouldn't want Tarantino. I mean, come on. Once you once you enjoy a Tarantino fan, you can't get enough Tarantino filmage, right? So absolutely. if you are one of those people, then absolutely, I can I can see why someone would put that at the top of their list. Would it be at the top of my list? No, but you know, and I'm not going to lose my good. mind and, and bash yeah. you for it. I get a lot of I get email that is wrong and almost evil <laughs> actually, but yeah, that's all right. What about you? What are you guys most excited about? I mean, those are the, those are the ones that we hear the most about that in the new James Bond movie, Spectre. Yeah, I'm excited about Spectre too. I'm disappointed with the the new theme song. I, you know, I was a big fan of uh, what Adele did for uh, Skyfall. And I I didn't know if this new one would live up to that or not because it's the Skyfall theme is one of my favorite Bond themes. It's in my probably top right. five. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one I think I might put in my bottom five. Uh, I I didn't like it at, at, at all. Uh, and I think Sam's a great singer. I just didn't like it. But um, but I'm really looking forward to Spectre. Oh, what about you guys? Looks fantastic. Yeah, Aaron knows me very well, <laughs> obviously, because we do a show together and live pretty near each other. But I only go to the movies when it's my kids are involved because movies are really, really expensive when you yeah. see them in the theater. And then you buy them anyway on iTunes later um, or whatever device or service you're buying them on, Ultraviolet, etc. Uh, but for me, you know, I'm really looking forward. The Peanuts trailer came out and I was like, hallelujah, this is what I've been waiting for. I've suffered through all these Peanut shows on TV, replaying our childhoods. I want to see something fresh from the Peanuts universe. So I thought that was really great. Um, basically November, right? Uh, Peanuts, um, the, the good dinosaur from Pixar uh, looks a little bit better every time I see a trailer for it. And then, of course, uh, the end of the Mockingjay, because I'm a person that once I'm in a dystopian universe, I can't leave a dystopian <laughs> universe. Neither can so I can't, I can't watch Insurgent. I can't watch uh, Maze Runner. I have to finish the Mockingjay before I can go to one of those two properties and Wait, then what? enjoy that experience. Wait, what? You have to finish one series before you can go to a, another series? If it's in the same genre world, it's like trying to watch you know whatever thing would be the similar to Lord of the Rings. It's like you couldn't watch a, a, a set... Uh, a crapshoot off an offput of Lord of the Rings in a different similar universe. You sure have to you finish can. the universe. Sure you can. It's called variety. You know, other <laughs> one story. Complete. I mean, half of TV is the same. What's the difference? I, I'm with Aaron on this, Troy. You're not making any sense here, man. I mean, one's got Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence and one, one has the kid from Teen Wolf. I can decipher between the two of them, you know? I, I sort my M and M's by color, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can be with you on there. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a that's a weird that's a weird thing, uh, Troy. I'm not gonna lie. I do have to say though, one I have to point out is coming out in October, and we've had a, a big rush of kind of Christian films, Christian type films over this. War Room has obviously been really successful lately. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's one that's called Woodlawn, Dare to Believe, and it's about a true story that happened in Birmingham, Alabama, with a racial issue down there in the football team. And it is got Sean Astin in it. It's got John Voight in it. It's got our good friend Kevin Sizemore in it, who was on the Under the Dome and Resurrection uh, mm-hmm. podcast that we interviewed him for. And I'm not telling it because we're friends with Kevin or anything. It it just looks really, really good. And I hope it plays off because it's a football movie. So you get you get Rudy pumping up the team there. <laughs> yeah. so you got some some football ties in. But Woodlawn's going to be awesome in October. Where October's a little quiet. 
He's a few days past uh, Rudy, I think. A few, a few <laughs> I days. I got a word that tactfully, and I couldn't come come up with anything, so I was just going to cruise by. But uh, that, I mean, he gives a powerful performance. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to let someone else jump in here, guys, especially since I know nothing about movies. I don't go to the theater very much at all. Uh, <laughs> but, all right. Let's get some uh, time for someone else right? here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Emily and Karen are both in the chat room. Uh, we'll, let's see who's faster on the uh, trigger there. Dun, dun, dun. Any, anybody in the room a fan of Psych? James Roday? Anybody that's in the, I don't know, text room? Oh, the chat, the chat room, not us. Chat room. Sorry, the chat room. You know that's right. You don't need pants, Emily, as long as your your camera is positioned ah, appropriately. We've got a few. <laughs> I, speaking of, speaking of movies, uh, since somebody is a psych fan, there are there are some of my peoples. Yes, uh, James Roday just directed a movie. It come, comes out October six, I think, on on DVD. And I just screened the the film for for my podcast. Oh my, it's so wrong in about fourteen different ways. But it's he's not in it. He just directs it. But it's about a bunch of cannibals <laughs> that take over a bar and basically slowly eat people throughout the night. It sounds awful, and it kind of is awful, but it was really funny. And if you watch Psych, Jimmy Simpson's in it and a bunch of bunch of Psych cameos. It's it's really funny. So there's something to look for. If you like horror movies and that are comedies and are disturbing at the same time. And we've come back to Scream Queens. <laughs> <laughs> I like Aaron, it. I, think, I think we've... Uh, I'm a fan. Revealed something here tonight. Uh, <laughs> I'm a fan, but I, I like the other stuff too. There's a. I, I honestly think this winter's a little weak. I think people got. I mean, the the Revenant looks really good. The Leonardo DiCaprio movie looks great. There's a lot of high drama coming out for Oscar season, but I think people are scared of Star Wars. Honestly, I, I think a lot of the big tent poles you would normally see this time of year, they just saw the Force and they ran. Biggest uh, biggest uh, weekend of all time, you think? Possible? Very possible. It's October 1st. Two days. Yeah. Blacklist is coming out. I'm pretty excited. I am pretty excited. We had a, That was a really great interview we had with Daniel Knopf, too. Daniel Knopf. Uh, yeah, definitely, if you haven't heard it, it's, uh, I've, I haven't heard a producer slash writer be so insightful and honest about how, what it takes to make a television show. He, he went into great detail. If you haven't heard it, uh, go to the blacklist exposed and check it out. And you'll not, and I'm not doing that to plug. I mean, sincerely, it's, it's it a great really interview. is. Yeah. yeah. You guys did an yeah, amazing I mean, job. It's not even about a blacklist interview so much as it is like, if you're a TV fan, Absolutely. If you're a TV critic, if you're a podcaster about TV, I mean, there is something there for everybody. And just some of the nuggets that came out of there, we put like two of them up on clamor, even mm-hmm. just like just the way he expressed his, viewpoint of how he takes care of television shows and takes care of the actors and the writing of those actors and those characters. I mean, it was like, it made me appreciate TV in a whole different way. Yeah. He, he was, yeah. I was extremely enthralled with, with his conversation and he was open. I mean, I asked him a lot of questions that I wanted to answer. I wanted to answer to. I didn't think he'd answer and he did. <laughs> I was kind of taken aback. I'm like, Oh, he's really going to answer that. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, okay, we got your audio I can't only. figure out how to get my camera to work, but at least you can hear me. We can hear and I'll, you. I'm I'll getting out a the camera thing. Well, and I'm getting a. I don't know if, if it's open to the public or not, but I'm seeing it says uh, poor internet signal on you. So I don't okay, know it, else can I don't think it is, but okay, uh, it was All a right. weird well, permission thing. It's probably AT and T. Com crap. It's it's that dial-up modem that you're using. You upgraded it. it to fourteen four, but it's still not quite enough to to push through the video. I was reading the SOS signals from your green pulsing there. 
Yeah. Green. So, Karen, uh, what's uh, what's on your mind? What do you want to? What do you? You got anything? You're podcasting about anything new on the horizon? You want to talk? Hmm. I don't know. Supergirl. Did you see my comment, Troy? Uh, You're talking about you can't watch one dystopian thing without going to another. (laughs) That you know, can you? Watch any DC properties without watching all the Marvel ones? Yeah, yeah. Can you keep up with anything else in the world? Because, I mean, they're all interrelated in some way. Those are different universes. We've already already been... uh, Daryl already shunned me for my Marvel comments back at New Media Expo (laughs) on a live podcast. I I can't do that again twice. That's fascinating (laughs) to me that you do that. Um, I I just want to be immersed in that world. And if you cross worlds, then it's weird. That's kind of awesome, Kind of awesome. I kind of think that. Um, you know, that I was just talking about Castle just a minute ago. So this is good. You could cheer me up because uh, we were hating on that. But one of the things we were saying was that, you know, if you stop feeling something about something, then, you know, that's when you need to worry. And if you can immerse yourself in something like that, you know, that's something that's cool. So I can dig that. If, if you feel so strongly about something that you can't switch to something else, uh, you know, that's awesome. I dig that. Uh, me, I'm all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> As you can tell by my million things that I'm doing. I think you and Troy probably watch more shows than anyone else that we have hosting for Golden Spiral Media. I, I was talking to Troy last week. I'm like, so what are you watching this this year? And he's like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I watch other I mean, stuff that I don't talk about. How do you do that? He like he totally broke it down. I'm like, well, let me tell you how I do that. And it's <laughs> yeah. like he's got it all squared away. Yeah. You get 42 minutes per show, got three hours, <laughs> it goes into two hours, you get no commercials. I watch and... other stuff too. I mean, I watch uh, At Midnight every night. I watch... Uh... My daughter was on that show, was one of the... Twitter, Twitters. Excellent. Yeah, that's a true story. That's cool. I have a that's follower cool. and a, a a pretty close friend uh, that's that was on uh, Mem Memnanth. I don't know how to pronounce his Twitter handle because I've never had to pronounce it. Uh, he was on once as well. That's awesome. I'm. I'll never be on there. And obscurely famous. Thank you. Uh, my husband came up with that. I think it's funny. Hey, Clamor Radio is in the house. Troy, you you are like the Clamor King. Would you like to uh, to to say some get some info about Clamor and and how sure. podcasters can use Clamor? You got eighteen I mean, seconds. They're here. Go. I mean, it just seems like a great seconds. Segue. Eighteen seconds only. Yeah, that's right. Go. And Clamor, go. Clamor is the most effective way to get out an eighteen second message about your podcast, so that you can use it to spread it socially on Twitter and Facebook. So that way, people can hear just a little bit about your show, and then if they like more, they hit the hear more button and eventually subscribe. Oh, he did it! Not bad. All right, not bad. Yes, good job, like a true veteran. <laughs> that is the most succinct he has ever been in his entire life. Yeah, and, and I was seriously. I was more succinct on the fan face-off show that we were on the other day in Seattle. Yeah, you did great on that. By the way, producer was like, "Go like this." It's yeah. Like, okay. Sorry. My bad. Yeah. It's a great service. I. I met Parvitz at uh, New Media Expo, and, and uh, as you did, Troy. And I have not used the app hardly at all because I'm just terrible at those sorts of things. I love the app, and I love how Troy, especially with, within our Golden Spiral Media Network, he is the man when it comes to Clamor, and has had a lot of great. I think I think your podcast has 
seen a lot of growth as a direct result of how you guys have been able to integrate Clamor. So kudos yeah, to it, you and kudos it was, to Clamor for the great app. And, you know, and, and not to tout the podcast, but it, thanks to Parvis and the team for doing it because we actually did a contest. When you talk about engaging fans with your community, we actually put it out to our, our fans of the Blacklist podcast, Blacklist Exposed, to actually take the stuff that we do on the show because we, we mess up all the time. We record at 7 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, so we're tired. We're still drinking coffee. Um, and it, It's pretty funny what comes out of our mouth sometimes. And so what they do is they take what we say, bundle it up with something from the show, plus something that's in the Clamor app or something they find, and it comes out with all kinds of weird stuff. Like There's one clip that Aaron was like, Hey, I'm not wearing any pants at our live broadcast thing because we were hidden by this banner and the table and stuff. And then it went into pants on the ground. And are you ready to have some fun and party now? It got so crazy that we had, uh, I think Rory was, yeah, Rory's in the chat room. I see BB Rizzler in there right now. Rory and our buddy Bill Stephen from the show, uh, they actually did like an entire two and a half minute tribute of all the stuff we did from April through May in just eight weeks on, on Clamor. And they actually hijacked the podcast for our fan feedback show. Yeah, it was and actually fun. did the first. It was pretty awesome. I mean, kudos to them. They did a really awesome job because it it, it was hysterical. That's cool. I couldn't stop laughing. Is that why I keep seeing pants on the ground? On the- pants on the ground, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> that is amazing. I have no pants days on Twitter sometimes. Uh, hey, that's the beauty of being a podcaster. Mike's on pants off. No one ever yep. has to know. Even right. Oh well, I shout it. I shout it to the rooftops. No pants today. And what was the other one? It was uh, we were at the uh, live thing, and I kind of reached under the table. We were talking about something, and I touched Aaron's knee by accident. Whoops! <laughs> by, was, ac- by accident. accident. <laughs> Aaron's, Aaron's like, you gotta buy me pillows? a sandwich first. Next thing you know, next thing you know, I think it was Rory. It's like clamored. He's like, yeah, you, you can't touch this. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it was like, how, how do you so guys? Speaking of that, and because I'm sure we're supposed to be uh, talking about. Uh, their podcasts in general. How do you engage listeners from from your shows? How do you get them engaged? And you know, we talked about Clamor and how we're doing it there. How do you guys do it, Daryl and and Alan and Karen? Sorry, <laughs> habit or anybody in the chat room? <laughs> yeah. How do I do uh, Twitter a lot? Facebook. Um, in, at least storming the castle. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Storming the Castle, we have a really active Facebook group. And the Under the Dome thing, you know, I put up that page just this last season and it got really active very fast. Uh, but Twitter is my main contact. Uh, and again, I've been doing castles since 2009, 2010. So most of my, uh, followers that follow me for podcasting came to me through that, but they follow me for other, you know, newer projects as well. So when I tweet something out, it goes, you know, I have this waterfall effect where they retweet it and then they retweet it. And I see like, I get 10 retweets and then those people favorite it and retweet it. And I get a lot of that sort of thing. Um, and then, you know, when I put out an article on nice girls, which I write recaps for them as well, then that's a secondary thing and they retweet it from there. And, you know, so Twitter is a huge resource for me. Um, that's just a, you know, my main thing, but I don't like Facebook as a rule. 
But that seems to be a really good secondary place. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a good way to talk. You know, you can't really talk on Twitter, like conversation-wise, but on Facebook you can do that. So uh, that's more for feedback and things like that. Twitter is more like an announcement. Here I am. Here's the link. You know, that sort of thing. What about you, Daryl? Yeah, I, I I don't think I'm really very good at this. I mean, we, I'm, I'm a more of a Facebook user than I am Twitter um, for exactly what Karen just said, because I uh, I mean, if 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 you're not there when it's tweeted, you miss it and it's gone. I mean, you can follow hashtags and that sort of thing, sure. But um, so I'm not very good at Twitter. I mean, I have I have TweetDeck open all day, and there are days days when I don't even look at it. I'm just really not engaged with Twitter very well at all. Now Facebook, you know, all the time, and because also with with t- Facebook notifications, I can just hit that tab, see if there's anything new to look at. And see what group it is, and, if, and I can know if I want to if I want to go into that group and, and look at those responses or respond to those those things or not. So I like that. So that that's where I spend most of my time now. Is my engagement what it would be on Twitter? I don't think it is because I think that there it's easier to find and engage fans on Twitter than it is Facebook, right? We I mean, we can start a Facebook group, and once we start a Facebook group, we get great engagement. But you have to bring people there. You have to let people know the page is there, and people can search, but it you know, it's easier on Twitter for that sort of thing. So it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, one is better for, for conversing, but the other is better for finding people. So um, it's a good partnership. I think, you know, I I think so. I wish they're using concert with each other. Yeah. In my case. And maybe we can do this. Yeah. Live shows shows from the beginning, almost in the beginning of, of, from the fringe podcast onward, every podcast I do is uh, a, well, except for stuff I learned yesterday is a live show and we don't have a large audience, but we're talking about engagement and engagement is, is building those relationships with people and, and learning who people are and, and having that inter- that really intimate interaction. And there's nothing better. I don't think than a live show uh, for that, even if the audience isn't near what it would be for, you know, say a Twitter well, following, you know, you'd have to bathe every day if you did stuff I learned yesterday live, right? You're presuming <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> Well, and, and it, maybe, we could, maybe we can use this community because uh, I, I had a question with Facebook because I'm involved in so many blacklist groups now because the show's gotten as big as it's gotten. Um, yeah. The uh, When people like something on Facebook, I wish that there was no notification or just a daily summary of the people that just like stuff. Right. It's really hard to find the comments, which is really what I want to know. I want to know who commented on something so I can have that direct engagement with them. Yeah. The likes are great and everything, but just move those to like a, a daily, here's everything that was like today in an email summary kind of thing would be great. So I don't know if anybody else feels that way about Facebook, if they want to yes. chime in, say it in the, in the chat room, but it's maybe even Twitter, the same thing. Just yeah, people that, that makes me insane. Yeah. The, the favorites, I turn the favorites off on email notifications from Twitter, but anytime someone at message, I make sure I get the email notification too, because I want to respond right away. Right. Well, I think if you copy and paste that into your status update uh, 20 times, then it'll go away. I think that is. <laughs> you have to say, as of September 23rd, whatever it is, I give Facebook permission to not notify me for likes. Aaron is a troll. It'll happen magically. I no longer would like, I paste this. I no longer accept likes, and I don't want favorites on Twitter. Trolling yeah, Mark trolls. personally changed the code just for your account. He will come to your house and eat your dog. 
<laughs> wow. Man. All right. Well, we are quickly, quickly running out of time here. Um, I don't even think we have enough time to really, I mean, we don't to, to cover this in, in any great detail, but uh, maybe, maybe each person here who's on the call uh, can, can give a, a, a brief rundown on this, but how has your life been impacted by podcasting and then and this can go one or of two ways or both ways and that is as a podcast listener and as a podcaster so i'll just throw it out there and, and let whomever jump in first rock paper scissors. go, try. go try. Right. um well for me i started listening to podcasts uh, back in the lost days so of course i found uh wayne henderson with his um lost casting with wayne and dan of course we found cliff jay and jack uh, anything, anything lost related, just gobble it up because it was such an awesome show. And then, of course, found Daryl through the Fringe podcast, and then kept going with Wayne with his Fringe podcast. And it, I think what was great about podcasting for me was I was I'm a broadcasting major, so I was on radio. I did the thing, spun the disc, read the copy, recorded promos, and I was just like, man, I really want to get back into radio, but you can't get into radio, and radio's kind of dying anyway. So this was really great. So it's like, what could I podcast about? And Wayne was like yeah, you should do one with me because Dan's kind of not really into it anymore. And then of course we found under the dome and, uh, <laughs> no, but it was great for the first season. And I think what was really <laughs> great about it was you have a listener who was kind of like a fanboy of Wayne's turn into a partner as far as hosting goes, which has now blossomed into a friendship. Wayne was literally just here in town for the weekend for the Packers game. And we had a blast met his wife, his wife met my family um, Rory's in the chat room. Rory and I have conversations uh, when he gets off of work. You know, I'm driving home. He's sitting at home watching TV, and we chat about the blacklist. I think I think that's what it, it's it's always about the listeners and the audience community. And so when you see people, um, even this weekend alone, well, we met uh, Stephen T. McGrath. Everybody has to check out his podcast called The Voice of Steve. It is some of the funniest stuff because he does all the voices on that show. We got to meet him this weekend in Appleton because he lives in Appleton, Wisconsin. And he just he came out. He had a drink with us. He was there for half an hour, but we got to meet him face to face, and that we, that wouldn't happen without podcasting. So that's really cool stuff. Karen, uh, well, this kind of okay. This is going to sound dramatic, but it kind of saved me. Um, I was kind of forced to, and I'm putting this in air quotes. And I'm sorry, I don't have a camera. I was forced to retire. Uh, thank you. Um, when I got sick um, I was very sick and I'm not going to go into huge details but uh, forced to quit working and I was going incredibly crazy I had been working since I was 14 years old so that was essentially way more than half my life and I loved working I loved contributing to society. Um, I wasn't doing anything in the public eye. I was, you know, working, uh, editing proposals for the government, you know, doing things like that. So when someone came to me and said, would you like to do a podcast with me about this TV show, Chuck? That's how far back it was. (laughs) I said, okay, sure. Uh, I had listened to podcasts here and there. Uh, mostly comedy podcasts. And uh, it kind of gave me a purpose and a way to meet people. And I cannot tell you how valuable this experience has been to me over the years. And I really do feel like I am giving something back, even if it's through TV shows, because I'm still sharing 
parts of me with people and meeting people and getting to interact and getting to know. I have made so many friends through doing this. And I really do feel like we have a community that there's this whole subset of of the world that meets through this, not just the people that do it, but the people that listen. And I just, it's really, yes, BFFs, Emily, I agree. <laughs> uh, so this, I really do feel like this saved my life. And I'm not being over, overly dramatic. I would be laying in bed all the time depressed if this hadn't come up. Uh, it really came up for me for a reason. Uh, so uh, I I had no purpose until this happened. So that's now it. you have a special purpose. I do. Aren't you wiping your eyes right now, Daryl? <laughs> well, you you quoted one Steve Martin movie earlier. I had to quote one. You know. Yes, you. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, Aaron. What about you? The phone books are here. The phone books are here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Aaron's, Aaron's story, I think, is probably the best one anybody's going to have. So that's no, 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 no. It's just my no, story. That's, that's very heartfelt and sweet. And it is sincere. awesome. Yeah. You know, I you know the best podcasting to me is sincere podcasting. People that read off a script or or tell the same joke every week, that gets very exhausting. Sincere podcasting is the most intriguing to me. Um, as far as professionally, professionally and personally, right? That's the question. How it's affected me. Yep. Uh, professionally, I was uh, originally, I was doing, I was a critic, movie critic, and I was doing a lot of freelance stuff as well as I was working for a publication that shall go unnamed. And it just, it got very time consuming and um, there's, there's no money in that. There's really no money in it. You have to do it because you love it. So I eventually decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And then I found another avenue, which is podcasting. And I thought, well, I'll give that a shot because at the time, uh, from a, for a movie podcast, everybody was doing the exact same thing. They talked about one movie for like an hour and a half, and that was it. And I wanted something that kind of did a lot of things. It talked about news. It talked about uh, reviews. It talked about what's coming up. It talked about a lot of different stuff. And it did a little bit more jovial, less serious, but not quite so foul as, as a lot of them do it. And so we started doing that, and it it didn't click at first. It took a long time, but we had a lot of fun. So we kept doing it and then it just started taking over and you know, it's, it's led to interviews. I, I've interviewed Neil deGrasse Tyson and Kiefer Sutherland and I've met Jason Bateman and Elijah Wood and a lot of stuff that sounds like name dropping, but I only say that because it's extremely, I'm a fan, you know, it's not, it's not so much of, Hey, that's cool. Let me tell you the people I've met. It's, I'm giddy like you guys when you see them on TV it's the same way. You feel that way because I worked really, really, really hard at it and it paid off in that respect. It's having those amazing opportunities that you wouldn't normally get. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that uh, we, we made them ourselves, you know, it's not, it, it wasn't like I got a job for IGN or I got a job at Newsweek and those, those opportunities were given to you. It's, I earned them and right. it was through, People enjoying what I was doing that, that allowed that. Um, TV podcasting, the same thing. We talked to Dennis Knopf, or Dennis Knopf, Daniel Knopf. You're doing the name thing again. I'm doing the name thing again. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that's that was a great opportunity, and it was just, it never would have happened if it wouldn't have gotten into podcasting. Yeah. And it wouldn't have happened in that case if it wasn't for our fan community that we grew because it's the fan true. community helped yeah. made that happen. Right. Fan community actually put us in touch with, with Daniel. 
And don't you guys feel like this is something that you handmade? Absolutely. That you drew your own show? Absolutely. I mean, even though you get help doing it, I don't know. I feel like I've really grown the thing uh, with my co-host, with my family. Um, In this case, you know, GSM. Um, I just, I feel like, you you feel like you have some ownership in it. So you feel like when you do land that interview or when you do uh, get, you know, a really good piece of feedback, you say, you know, you have that satisfaction in that, hey, I did something and someone gave me something back. And it's just immediate and it it really makes you feel good. And that's the, the part of it that I love is just, you know, getting immediate sort of, even if it's... I, I didn't agree with your opinion, but I'm listening. Even that is something I like about it is just someone interacting with you. Um, and I, I just dig that. So. And, and on a quick uh, a personal note, I want to let Daryl talk before we, we head off. Um, on a personal note, the I, I don't think, you know, we, we have friendships and we engage listeners and we have great conversations. And I've, I've met people I consider, I now consider friends as listeners from the podcast, like I've talked to them. And once I learned, you know, they're, they're not going to stab me in the parking lot, that sort of thing. They're great people. <laughs> they, they become friends. And that part is just a absolute bonus because you build this community and they become people that you can rely on and you count on and you, you love talking to. And then we recently did our, our 200th episode. So a lot of people send in emails and we got one from, from a listener who he, I mean, it was almost three pages of, a very, very heartfelt, detailed experience about how his mom was going through cancer and eventually passed away and how our show, our stupid podcast that was just meant to be fun, if got him through that that trial and how he he was able to get through it because of listening to the podcast and being able to take away from the pain and laugh a little and get through the, the flights that he had to take and all that sort of thing. And that Man, I, there's nothing in this world that could top it. And honestly, probably right around 199, I'm like, well, maybe we can just end at 200. Maybe that's the cap. <laughs> yeah. Then, you know, good, go out on top kind of thing. And then you get stuff like that, and I can't walk away from that. No. There's yeah. That's just too much. That's just too wonderful, I guess. Yeah. And that's a, I want to jump on Aaron there, uh, not to take away from you, Daryl, but I did have to make an announcement because on the Blacklist podcast, uh, we did a podcast marathon to help raise money for a little boy. We also did that for Under the Dome. And unfortunately, little Ben actually did pass away last week. Mm. Oh. That was kind of a, a real bummer that we literally did all this great work and we raised the money for him. It, it, his family still needs the cash, obviously, to pay for the medical bills and stuff. Yeah. But I just knew you guys were all here. And a lot of the GS, uh, Noodle Mix people are in there, too. You know, yeah, I just, had to, I just got a note from uh, Rob Southgate saying that, uh, yeah, Ben passed away. So. Mm. That's too bad. Well, I think we would all agree. Is, is we if if uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna boot a couple of you guys out here so we can get the next round of guys in here. Um, so I think all of us can agree that it's all the people, the people that we get to meet and interact with, listeners, the relationships that are forged because of of podcasting has opened up um, relationships and opportunities for for relationships that that I certainly never realized were even out there or possible or dreamed of when we started podcasting. 
My, you know, I just podcasted about this yesterday, stuff I learned yesterday.com, uh, episode number 341, which is called An Arrival of White Tulips, or The Arrival of White Tulips is probably the best example I can give. And um, it's a beautiful story, I think, of the, um, oh, I'm sorry, call back in podcast folks, I was rambling, I didn't see you. Um, you know, the, probably the, the most beautiful story I, that I can think of uh, as what has impacted my life, just to be a, a a small part of 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 this um so anyway the people for sure